You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. Hi, this is Jason with Two Sides of Phi. In today's episode, Eric and I talk about my recent decision to stop blogging. If you're interested in my archived posts, you'll want to check out today's show notes at twosidesoffi.com slash no blog. That's N-O-B-L-O-G. Thanks. So Jason, I'm on your uh, your email list. I don't know if you know that or not, but I got a, I got an email from you this week saying you're shutting down your, your blog. Tell me about that. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about for a little while. I've been blogging for, gosh, a couple more than a couple of years now. And just I found I was writing less and less often and it was starting to feel like more of a chore. And I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? I think it's time to to cut it off. I mean, you weren't really blogging like consistently, though, that I remember. And the, so that's a good question. I think in the first year, it was almost weekly. And then it started to go to bi-weekly. <laughs> and then, you know, in the last six months, uh, it really, I think actually, yeah, more than six months, it really started to drop off. And I think it's been a few months since I put anything out. And that article before that had been a couple of months. So no, I have not been anything like consistently. Yeah. So you say two years, how many posts was it? Do you remember roughly? I think it's 60 something. 60. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, uh, when I, kind of looked at it in total it's something like 250 pages of text at least uh as formatted for printing so it it feels like a lot but i guess you know i don't know 60 or so posts it doesn't feel like it's that many but i think it covers a lot of ground i don't know it's kind of a weird thing to think about your body of work i mean it's just uh it's documenting those first kind of those early days of retirement for you right that that's basically why you were doing it right i mean honestly when i started i mean the answer to the question is yes but when i started some six weeks after retiring early, I even acknowledged in the first post, I don't, I'm not entirely sure why I'm doing this. And it turned out to be at first just a way to get thoughts down on paper, if you will, and get some reactions eventually to them. <laughs> um, few and far between, especially at the start. But um, I think it kind of morphed over time. But for sure, that's how it started. Yeah. I had the sense from you when you were first starting to do it. And maybe a lot of people have this impression that blogging is like this. All once you start writing things, people on the internet will flock to you and you know start <laughs> yeah. giving you feedback and reading it and just, you know, be thirsty for more. And I, having blogged the build of my house, I, I started back on uh, the old Google, Google blogger platform. Yeah. Right? I remember that blog spot. Um, I, and I called that the blog, it's still up actually called reinholtzfort.blogspot.com. Uh, and I just, you know, documented the whole thing. So that was back in 2007, I believe. And that felt like early days of blogging to me, you know, and I just did that blog for years. Um, and I, I, like you got to a certain point where I was like, eh, it's kind of run its course, you know, but I still, I run a blog for my office, for my business. Yeah. Um, and I go through these phases where I'm really interested in it and I like it because the, one of the things, I don't know if this is true for you, but, um, it not only it's the blogging is kind of this intersection between writing and so, so you're thinking, um, through your thoughts in writing yeah. and then you're combining it with some visual medium. And for me, that's both video and, you know, photography. And that's interest. That's a, like an interesting intersection. It's like this weird amalgamation of things. And I found 
I still find that kind of interesting. Um, and I still got, get a lot out of it, but I don't have that as a practice with any regularity. Um, like sounds like you were really forcing deadlines on yourself. Well, I definitely was early on. I felt like, you know, this was a, a way to get kind of thoughts down and think through things. And I, and I realized that pretty quickly. So I thought like, well, this is a good practice to have. And, you know, I'd get to the point where if I didn't have something obvious that I thought I felt like writing about, I would take, you know, take a walk. And an hour later, I'd come home with some ideas about like, oh, that, that's something I've been thinking about. That would be good to write about. And I tried to maintain a practice. And I didn't go back and do the math of, you know, how often I stuck to that kind of, you know, biweekly cadence or what have you, depending on the point in time. But um, it definitely felt like something I should be doing, especially when I realized that I was getting benefit from it. Um, you know, if I can rewind a little bit, uh, the one thing I definitely want to dispel is any notion that I, I thought like a lot of famous fire bloggers, I was going to follow the plan of stop working, create lucrative blog, and then it would create all kinds of income. I will admit I had the thought it might make a little fun money. Uh, I never got into ads, but you know, I did put up some affiliate links on there and stuff like that. Nothing ever too serious. But um, I realized pretty quickly I wasn't interested in running the blog as a business of any kind. Uh, the sort of upkeep and, and things like that never felt very interesting. But what I did hope is that, you know, it would build an audience of people. Like you said, people would flock to it right away. Uh, that clearly didn't happen despite, you know, attempting to design a site with SEO, you know, search engine optimization in mind, you know, using tags and doing all the things you're supposed to do. That didn't really seem to have any positive impact. But, you know, when people did write back and I did see some new subscriptions, uh, that did feel really good. Um, but uh, I think it was largely a one-way street, but I was still finding benefit from it because it was, I guess, the way to synthesize all that is it was forcing me to confront things I was thinking about and, um, you know, come to some, you know, resolutions on them. I mean, the internet is littered with false starts and failed projects, right? <laughs> yeah. and, you know, yeah. I think in some ways I, I, I saw you doing this as it was kind of partially for yourself, some self-help happening there. Um, you could work things out in written form, but I, I honestly, I th saw it for you more as like you were interested in kind of building an audience. And, mm -hmm. and when you realized that it was going to, or maybe that it wasn't working the way you thought it was going to, or you weren't interested in any of the visual components of it. Like you weren't interested in necessarily in writing titles or, right, no. you know, there was, or marketing, the marketing side of it. Like all those things were interesting to me enough to keep like that. That's why I still have a blog today because those yeah. things are still interests of mine that are also entwined in my business. And so I, I wonder for you, if it would, wouldn't it just been more satisfying if you, if you just kept a, di a diary? I mean, that's almost what it yeah. was, right? I wonder, it's actually a really good question. And that thought has crossed my mind. I think, uh, how to put it, I think the, you know, one thing it did do is it, um, it forced some conversations between me and a few friends and family members that might not have happened otherwise. Um, you know, you as somebody who gave me feedback on it early on, even, you know, when we weren't yet doing this show together, two sides of Phi, you, you still were asking me questions and giving me feedback based on what I was writing. And that was really helpful. Uh, my wife, Lori as well was doing much the same. Uh, and that, you know, was kind of a, a jumping off point for some really good conversations we had. I'm thinking of, uh, talks I had with my mom as well. It was really good, but um, I definitely found I wasn't getting a lot of input from the the greater 
audience, especially in the beginning. And I, I did think early on that that would be something I was, I was hoping for, I was seeking it, but I mean, you're absolutely right. Much like any other blogging I've done in my past. And honestly, I, you know, I've had things that were blog like since the late nineties, uh, here and there, but I never really cared about the upkeep and the pushing them out there. I think it was pretty often very personal in nature. So yeah, no, you, it's a fair point. I mean, I wonder if this project that you and I have done, which has a small following, um, it would, it, would you feel the same way about it if it, if it didn't have a following? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think no matter what, and that's the right question to ask. Um, I have a couple thoughts that come to mind. Uh, number one, I think very early, very quickly, this served a purpose that my blog was not able to. And even when our audience was at, you know, smaller than it is today, um, I still felt at least we were getting the feedback and, you know, there's some sort of validation coming as a result of people, you know, appreciating what we were putting out and asking questions about it. Um, if our audience was, had stayed at that small level, maybe I would feel a little less fulfilled by it than I do at our current size, but I was feeling fulfilled at it when we were, you know, a thousand people. I still remember hitting a thousand and we did get a leg up thanks to your existing audience, right? We had a little bump pretty early on and that, you know, gave us like, it's like the equivalent of seed money for a startup. And you know, that's worth something, but you know, on the, the point of this show and its relationship to the blog, I think, while I may not have realized it immediately, I, I absolutely believe it. Now this show felt a need that the blog never did. And I think, that has really allowed me to step away from the blog because, you know, doing two sides of five with you, not only do I get the power from just having the exchange with you, the conversations you and I were having anyway before we started filming them, um, but we also do get to interact more broadly. We've had guests on the show, people who want to talk to us, who have approached us to, to you know, share with us in this experience. We have... Uh, you know, people who comment weekly or send us, you know, notes offline and they ask questions and they give feedback on my experience and obviously yours as well. And that is just, you know, orders of magnitude more of that than I get from, um, I ever got from the blog. This falls into one of the phases or stages of retirement. Do you know this sociologist? His name is uh, Robert Ashley, I think it is. No, I don't think so. He published work in 1976 outlining the stages of retirement. I think these six stages, you know, there's one before the pre-retirement and then there's the actual event. And then there's five stages after that. Pre-retirement is obvious. We're all excited and planning and thinking about what it would be like. There's this kind of one more year syndrome. Maybe you're Mm -hmm. trying to come to terms with maybe losing some of your identity. When I step away from this job, what what will it be? And there's all that excitement. And then you have the actual day itself. You have that transition point into retirement. And then you have, and I, I mean, I've seen these for you, the honeymoon phase, like you can probably relate to that, right? It's like, I don't have to get up anymore. And <laughs> I, I, if I don't want to, I can sleep in, I can go to the beach every day. You know, that's, that's drinking margaritas on at noontime or whatever it is for you. Right. And I saw that with you, you had for one, a really long to-do list of things that you needed to check off. I remember you seeing you do these projects like yep. around your house, you had just moved. There's all these things you were ticking off your list. Right. And then you get to this phase, I guess he calls it the disappointment phase. And like, not everyone gets there. 
But the people who get there, they say typically can last, you know, that phase can last quite a while because maybe this isn't all that it was cracked up to be. You're sitting in retirement and you're saying, is this all there is? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe I should have planned for doing more. You're unhappy in some way with that. And then that's followed by a reorientation phase, which says, you know, what do I actually want to do with my retirement? Like, what, what do I want? my life to be? What do I want mm-hmm. my impact to be? Those kinds of things. And then there's like this yep. long period of stability. And then there's the terminal phase, which right. is, which is right. pretty Hopefully obvious, really right? far out. <laughs> right. yeah. No, I, I, you know, honestly, I don't think I've ever read that. So please send me the name and what have you, and I'll, I'll be sure to link it up in the show notes. But I, I just, for sure, there's merit to that. You know, as we've talked about before, the first six weeks after I stopped working, were just a flurry of activity because we bought a house, moved, had to get it set up, all that. And, you know, as I started to realize that that I now had this sort of uh, was confronting this next piece of my existence, the blog was the place I started to document that and think through it and get feedback from, you know, people who were reading it, even if they were just a few people. And I think that was pretty beneficial. So what phase do you think you're in now? I like to think I'm I'm coming into stability. I don't know that I would say everything is sort of really because I, people uh, have told I don't, me. See, I don't think to, so. People have told me that that's honestly something like five years takes to get there. And and I've talked to traditional retirees of all different ages, as well as uh, some people who are on the earlier side. Yeah. And so no, I don't, I don't think I'm I'm smooth sailing. But I like to think the waves have lessened and have flatter yeah. water in between them. I mean, they say the the um, what the re- reorientation phase usually happens around year two, according to this guy. Okay, and and his I think his subjects of study were ma- mostly Americans. Okay, um, so if you're listening in another country, things may be different for you. But the the settling, the, you know, the this sort of reorientation phase happens typically around year two. And I, I for me, I feel like your reorientation phase is kind of getting. I still feel like you're reorienting just as, yeah, as I think I'm viewing that as, as an external viewer. Um, no, I think you're right. I'm just putting yeah. my, my sort of optimistic take on it. Maybe I'm using the wrong <laughs> phrasing, but for sure, year two feels a lot smoother than year one. Sure. Yeah. But year one had the disappointment phase in it, right? Definitely. It did. did. I, I don't think it was super long, but I mean, I definitely confronted these, you know, feelings that I was losing from work of, you know, validation and the satisfaction of a job well done and, you know, seeing, you know, mentoring people and seeing them succeed, all that was immediately gone. And that was a struggle. And I think part of that, just as the external viewer of that, um, happening to you, the reason it was so short was because you did put a lot of thought into this beforehand, right? Like you were thinking about what this was going to look like and what you were going to do and what life was going to look like. Um, yeah, but I that, think it helped. And it's naturally going to be different once you get there. And, and I think that's maybe was part of the surprise for you and part of what it you was. were able to work out with the blog. But I guess I'm more interested in the, the current phase, the reorientation okay. phase for you is what we, you know, what does the examination process look like for you? And I mean, you haven't even characterized it like this in this, in the way that this sociologist did, but, um, you are asking those questions. What do I want these next years to look like? What, what do I want my impact to be? And so how have you worked through that so far? Uh, I mean, I think the only thing right now that I feel I'm certain 
is something I, I look forward to that I believe is putting tangible benefit into the world and, you know, pointing back at myself is, is something like this, is this show. Um, it feels like a, an area of contribution that I look forward to that feels productive and that I, we are receiving good information back. But I know that that's not, that's not it. Right. That, I can't just do this and or do more of this um, for n number of years. So I wouldn't say I have any grand conclusions other than, you know, these kind of concept level stuff like, you know, our teenager uh, is expected to go off to college in a year and a half. And then uh, my wife and I intend to travel more. So like that's a that's sort of like a, a you know, a, a guiding idea. But um I don't even think that's sufficient, you know, because I, I do continue to explore lots of interests and hobbies and potential pursuits, some of which could turn into, you know, meaningful, you know, volunteer work or employment or whatever it is. But I feel like I'm still just bouncing around in that space. There's no conclusions made at all. And I think most days I feel OK with that because I really enjoy the exploration. But there are days when I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, when, if. I'll settle on a few kind of themes that really grab my attention. Yeah. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Fi, checking in with a quick request. Jason and I love making this show and sharing our conversations, but we need your help spreading the word. The best way to do that is to give us a quick rating and review on your podcast app of choice. And if you know someone on the Fi path, please hit that share button on your favorite episode. Every little bit helps. Thanks. I mean, are you sad to see the the blog go? Does does it stand for something something else? I guess that's what I'm looking for the the proxy yeah. in this whole situation. Like, you know, you shut yeah. it down because you've just realized like I want this over here, or this is more important. And you yeah. know, I know two sides of fi is important to you as it is to me. And so, okay, for now, you're going to keep that in your life. The blog is gone. What replaces it? Like, what's what's drawing you forward? Yeah, and it's interesting. I would not say I'm choosing A versus B. It's not like because I'm not doing the blog, I'm going to have more time for something else. <laughs> I, it's not. I'm not. I'm not clearing space because it's. I need that space for something else. I'm. I feel like I'm not being true to it by leaving it out there and not writing anything for months. That seems stupid. Um, not that there's some pent up demand for it. People are emailing me asking why the heck I haven't written. Yeah. Okay. I've gotten exactly zero of those zero comments, uh, emails, anything. But honestly, um, like what think about the blogs you read? Like if they don't publish for a month or two or whatever, yeah. it's, it's like part of the culture that you consume and it's not, yep. your life is not top of mind for everybody else. Everyone else. No, really is for like, nobody else. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, I mean, everyone's like that, Jay. It's not, no, it's I not know. unique I to know. you. I know you, in some ways, I feel like you see it as a personal failing. Like, well, you know, my writing wasn't compelling enough to draw an audience. It's like, the fact is, there's just so much to consume out there. Yeah, and no, when you're competing with things like Elon Musk blowing up Twitter, you, <laughs> yeah. you think about the Fair draw enough. there. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, so it's no reason to beat yourself up about it. But no, I, I, and honestly, I, you know, I see the, the blog as one of many projects that you have in your life. Yep. And... Um, so that's why I was yeah. wondering when did you propose this idea for the topic yeah. in the video today? I was like, okay, well, what are the other projects that are then, you know, if, if it's not taking time away from something else, it's usually for me, it's like these things bubble up and they, they become bigger bubbles in yeah. my life. And like, Oh, I'm really interested in photography this week. Gotcha. I'm really interested in this. Like what, what is it? What are those things for you? 
let me try to explain. I, I think it's honestly more of a, uh, it's just this idea that I have something that I had committed to previously and it's just hanging over me. Like, why am I not doing anything with it? Either I'm doing it or I'm not doing it. And it just seemed silly to not take a decision to say I'm done. And so I did. Um, and I, I wasn't sad a couple days ago when I decided this, I was a little sad six months ago when I started really being honest with myself about, well, maybe I'm done with this. And that started to, oh, well, what do I do? Do I leave it up? I keep paying for it because I've linked to it all over the place. I was going to say, it's a financial decision. That's what it comes down to. You're not being clean. (laughs) No, 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 no. Let me explain. That's actually a really good point. The financial decision of renewing, and I even wrote this, the financial decision of um, my hosting coming up is one of the things that's sort of, it's a forcing factor. It's basically saying like, you've sat on this for six months and by the way, it's time to renew and now you're not renewing at the teaser rate for the second hosting site you're using now, but you have to renew at the you know retail rate and I don't wanna do that. So either I fork over the money, which just seems stupid, or I go through the whole rigmarole again of finding a new hosting provider, migrate my WordPress, blah, 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 for all the individual things you have to do on each site that are all a little different. And that seemed dumb. So I said, you know what? If I'm honest with myself, I'm not interested in writing presently, at least in this forum. I don't like this platform. I'm tired of WordPress. I'm not interested in any of the sort of associated stuff. So I'm going to kill it. And I wasn't sad. I was actually kind of relieved that I was willing to admit to myself that I could let it go. I mean, I'll be honest. Further, I did immediately start thinking, what do I do next? Do I put pu- push this all over to Substack, which I did, by the way. It's not live, but I did do that to see what it would look like. You know, maybe I'll write a newsletter. Um, I don't know. But I decided I, you know, eventually I didn't have to take that decision right now. I would just archive the posts. If anyone cares to have a copy of them in my current reader base, here you are. They're live until the site goes dead in two weeks. Take them. Um, <laughs> and honestly, it was just it felt good to finally take a decision, you know, make a choice and just know that it's going to be shut down. The blog is interesting to me because it's something that went from being really important to me personally and being something I really looked forward to to being more of a task but that I saw benefit from (laughs) when people liked it and responded to. I don't care about it anymore. I I look fondly back on some of those early poor writing pieces I did because they're just earnest and they're emotional, but it just feels like a chapter that's, that's done. Yep. Yeah, well, that's a good way to good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's, honest. it's the life cycle of many many creative projects. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, an- answer me that because you're 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 a creative. You spent your life in design. Does does that is that how it feels to you? Is this something that you could you know kind of relate a similar story? Probably tens of stories. Totally. I mean, I'll I'll tell you one about my house. I designed my house and I blogged you about did. it and I got really excited about it and I built a small audience much in the way that you did and people looked forward to the I did you know, the posts and <laughs> progress and things like that and I the day I moved into the house I I was done with it. <laughs> my wife was super excited. My kids were in the bedrooms. It was like the perfect little life. We had never, neither of us had ever lived in a home that we had owned and it was amazing. And the day I moved in, that project was dead to me. And I don't remember noticing that, uh, that sort of line. I I did in here. It it was in here. It was. Yeah. I, 
I enjoyed your blog too. And honestly, I mean, you know, having done so many houses over the years as a, as an architect, you know, the, the moment the project's done is, is that is just, yeah. you have suffered all of the things I can you only could imagine. suffer. And well, I mean, there is a life beyond once your clients move in and then suddenly things start breaking or leaking or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. And you right. know, there's that to deal with, but you know, as a creative person, yeah, that, that is, I can relate to that, you know, feeling like I'm getting a lot out of this. I'm a lot of creative horsepower and all my ideas. And then, I mean, the way it often works in architecture is you get enough people involved and contractors and owners and, you know, finances and that all of that waters, that initial vision down that made you so excited into something that's way different than, you know, what you had in mind. And, and, you know, that's not, that's not only architecture, that's everything. That's probably writing, that is making films, that is, you name it. And um, so it's, it's no surprise that you'd get there. I'm, and it actually feels good to take some positive action that just clears the slate and says, okay, this I've made room, I've closed that chapter, and now we're going to look at what's next. So you're, yeah. you're solidly in the reorientation phase. I think we can both agree with that, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And and hey, you know, I just because I'm I was using the wrong language earlier and I oh, didn't yeah, quite no, understand no. the framework. But I mean, this framework sounds good to me. I mean, for sure, I get and I appreciate your example. By the way, I should say that um, throughout this last couple of years, you know, going back to one of your analogies that you said very early on in a two sides of five show, you know, I like this idea of pursuing something is opening a door and leads you into a room that's full of other doors and you kind of random walk around you find your way like that has been a very attractive and rewarding part of retiring early and it is something i thought would happen i didn't have that language to use to describe it it's such a great metaphor but this thing writing this blog is certainly the longest term thing i have done since i stopped working i started it six weeks after i left my job and i shut it down a few days ago so it's two and a half years. So it's pretty long. Uh, it's one of the longest sort of hobby pursuits, you know, projects like that I've done. That's still small potatoes for you. I mean, you're by nature of your work, you do these multi-year projects. Um, but it's an unusual thing for me yeah. to pick up something, get excited about it, do it, you know, and get comfortable with it and keep doing it. And then just some point be like, you know what, put a bow on it. It's done. Um, it's funny when you, when you wrote that post, I thought, um, and this is just my first reaction. It's like, oh, well, why close that door? I mean, like, why why make it so final? Because it, it could just be open-ended. There's plenty of things yeah, that I've done. Like an example on my YouTube channel, I've done this like modern practice series. And, and I come out and say, oh, I'm doing this new series on whatever. And, and then I feel this, you know, I feel compelled to deliver new episodes in that series. And... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> almost categorically I've failed on every one of those new series things. So, you know, my initial reaction to that was just like, well, why, you know, why yeah. write a post like this? And, uh -huh. and so, you know, part of me joking with you about the financial reasons was like, well, I mean, that's inconsequential money to him. So there must be a sure. bigger reason. And it's interesting to hear you articulate how it still holds headspace for you in some way. And I guess that's not something I ever really knew about you, Jay, as uh, yeah. you know, for as well as I know you, um, you have to have things pretty tight and orderly <laughs> up inside the mind to, to, to operate. Like that is a genuine part of you. And I mean, yeah, it's such a contrast to the, 
you know, you and I spent so much time in high school together palling around and it's such sure. a contrast to who I thought you were in high school, <laughs> you know, and obviously we, we all change, I uh, you know, I don't want to rehash that, but you know, to look at you now and, and look at you back then, the, the, the difference is just, I mean, I never saw that about you, uh, yeah. that, that you would have to have that level of ordering inside to feel comfortable. It's interesting. Yeah, I've certainly learned a lot about my uh, neuropsychology <laughs> over the decades. Uh, there are things I like to be chaotic and and you know free, and then there's everything else, which is the majority, honestly, that needs a level of organization and hierarchical, you know, kind of setup to keep me calm. Um, but um, that's not something I would like to be the case. It's just something that is the case. Yeah, no. So, and I've become increasingly comfortable with it and also learning maybe sometimes at least, not always, uh, my family will tell you, where chaos is okay and then where it's not. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a journey for sure. But, uh, yeah, I just felt like this thing needed it needed to transition. And that doesn't mean I never want to write again. I le clearly left the door open to it in my post. Um, I like the practice of writing. I don't know what I'd prefer to write about right now. And that's why I'm not writing anything. Um, and I think that's okay. But what I did decide is I don't want this format, this platform. It's not interesting to me anymore. And so if I do something else, something lightweight, different different sort of model altogether, like, so be it. I'm totally cool with that now. Um, I'm really reconciled on this idea that that chapter is past. I definitely blog for myself. I mean, yeah, I really do it because it's an absolute pleasure to make something that I feel is well-written, has some beautiful images associated with it and is interesting and it's, mm -hmm. and it's me, it's for me. And I miss yeah. not having the time right now to blog, you know, I, I, I kind of love that creative space. And so I, I mean, I would encourage you to, to look for what that next thing is. And I'm sure yeah. you are already are, um, you know, that fills, well, I don't know. Maybe you just told me that two sides of five is that thing for you, but you know, there's, I'm sure there's other things that you're pondering yeah. as well. There, there, I mean, whether, whether it's active thought or subconscious thought, I'm sure there are. Maybe somebody watching this has a brilliant idea of something they think I would find value in. I would love to hear about that if they do. But it's not keeping me up at night that there's not an obvious replacement. But I, I appreciate the encouragement. I like the idea of continuing to create even outside of this show. Maybe it's just this is the fire space and the post, re, you know, post RE. This is where all that stuff is covered. And maybe writing takes a totally different form. And that that will be perfectly great. Hey, and as we know, I'm taking a taking a drawing class pretty soon, right, as man. you and I talked about. <laughs> um, so maybe that will maybe that plus writing turns into some other creative outlet. Who knows? I'm increasingly okay with just doing stuff to do stuff. That's all right. Yeah, like, it is totally. You know, it's small potatoes when you're talking about spending handfuls of hours or a hundred bucks to like explore something new, knowing that it could just not work out and you're not going to do it. Um, yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm actually really happy that I'm as comfortable with that as I am. Well, I'll tell you, uh, as I look through these different stages of retirement, as Ashley puts it, um, the one that terrifies me most is disappointment. <laughs> Get it stepping into this. Yeah. Making the call. I mean, none of this says it has to happen in the order that I read no, it or for sure. that it ha they have to happen at all. Some people don't 
express disappointment. Um, you know, they don't enter that stage, but, um, and you don't know how long it's going to last, but it, it, you know, looking ahead to a 40 year, 50 year retirement, when you enter the disappointment phase, that's gotta be pretty scary. I mean, I think it was yeah. for you, you know, as I was viewing it and when, and as I read through some of the comments on our channel from time to time, as people express that, like, yes, what if do. I get here and it's not what I wanted and yeah, <laughs> I got 40 or 50 years of not what I wanted and they go back to work. I mean, we hear that all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, we do. And I think the good news, at least for me so far, I'm not willing to say that that's a done deal, right? That chapter's in the past. Like you said, you could always revisit it. It was limited in time and in intensity. There were things I identified that I was missing from work that I wasn't sure how I was going to get. Um, and some of that was under the surface. Some of it was right out there in the open. I just wasn't seeing it for what it was. And you and Lori uh, helped me identify that. Um, but invariably... I come back to the idea that I can't imagine trading this away for anything. I'm, I feel fortunate and I'm happy and I'm excited. Even if I don't know exactly what I'm going to do on any given day or what my next project is, I appreciate so much being able to make that choice as often as I can, you know, every day now. And that wasn't the case in the past. So yes, disappointment may rear its head again. And I, I hope I maintain the presence of mind that I have as you and I are talking today, because on net, I do feel really positive. That's the thing about, you know, having a history uh, that you've published online is you can look back and you can see how far you've come, how much better you are today than you were yesterday. And yeah. that doesn't come from just making two things and putting it out there and comparing the two. It comes from making hundreds and hundreds of things and, yeah. you know, constant daily improvement. And, you know, it, it's like this path in retirement. There's no, you know, we're all going to follow similar feelings, um, you know, throughout life and the creation of these things and projects and work. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's bound to be, have ups and downs, you know, it's, it's bound to have disappointment. We're bound to see disappointment. We're bound yep. to see ourselves excel and see ourselves fail. And it's all part of that, the continuum of life. And so, yeah, I think it's interesting to publicly share, like, here's why I'm shutting it down or here's why I'm, having second thoughts about this project or why I'm in the, you know, Seth Godin calls it the dip, right? There's like that, that lonely zone where you yep. either got to work through it or you're just going to shut it down. And, you know, we all face that in our own ways. And so, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully this project will continue to move forward, Jay. I hope so, man. I, uh, when it, when it's time, it's time. And I will, I will sign on for that when it's time. But, you know, as long as it goes, I'll be excited to be here. <laughs> Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. Two Sides of Fi.